Good morning, and welcome to uh, worship at First uh, Presbyterian Church. It's nice to see everybody here this morning. We'd especially like to welcome any uh, who are visitors and uh, guests uh, today. Please make yourself known to uh, those of us in the congregation so that we can welcome you. Also, please take a moment to uh, enter your name in the pads that are in the pews so that we'll know uh, that you're here. Uh, after the service, there will be some coffee in the fellowship hall, and we hope that you'll join us. And this is a special day because today you, uh, we have the, the Advent brunch. So this is a free lunch day. So anyone who wants to join... Uh, should join us for lunch. You don't have to have signed up ahead of time. We want to see everybody there. Uh, there are many important announcements that are in the bulletin that you'll uh, want to uh, pay attention to. We have a special announcement today from uh, Rod Froman, who's uh, here. Rod? I'm Roderick Froman, and I'm the pastor emeritus at Third Presbyterian Church. I also happen to be the co-founder of RAIN with Nancy Frank of St. Paul's Episcopal Church, so congratulations to being a host of RAIN, and thank you again for your service of housing homeless families. That's not why I'm here today. I am going to be a preceptor and facilitator of a Bible study. So you're cordially invited to join me today at 12 noon after the church brunch and at 11.30 a.m. after coffee hour on subsequent Sundays in the chapel on the second floor for a Bible study series on the first five books of the Bible. In the last two decades, there has been a dramatic change in biblical scholarship. When your pastors, Bruce, and what your pastors, Bruce, and Carrie and I learned at Princeton Seminary about studying the Old Testament has largely been discarded. We learned a kind of a forensic examination of the Torah. We looked at the bones and the skeleton and tried to figure out who begat whom and why did the Israelites socket to the Amalekites but never, never, never on a Sabbath. Thanks to the groundbreaking work of Walter Brueggemann at Columbia Seminary in Atlanta, the Old Testament is now better understood as a courtroom drama in which testimony is given that Yahweh provides limitless generosity in the context of an ideology of scarcity. You're cordially invited to join me each Sunday after worship as the jury in this courtroom drama. And the question before us, as it is for any jury in any court, is... Do we believe the testimony that we are about to hear and read? Thank you. Thank you very much, Rod. Now, one um, final announcement. Uh, many of you purchased pies to support the Habitat uh, project, and those who bought them are going to be very pleased with these pies, which are great. But in order to enjoy them, you have to pick them up. Tuesday afternoon. So Diane Brown wants me to remind everyone that if you bought a pie, pick it up between noon and 5.15 on Tuesday. Are there any other announcements? If not, 
Bruce, you can start our worship, please. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship God.
Please join me in the prayer of the day. Eternal God, you set Jesus Christ to rule over all things and made us servants in your kingdom. By your spirit, empower the loving of the unloved and ministers to all. Then at the last, bring us to your eternal realm where we may worship and adore you and be welcomed into your everlasting joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Matthew provides a powerful vision of Christ as the judge who will sit on the throne of glory and separate the people one from another as sheep from goats. Such a stark image moves us directly to confession, for we've all fallen short of God's glory. Let us confess our sin in humility and in faith. Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty? O Lord, we did not see. We passed by. We changed the channel. We closed the newspaper rather than be confronted with your suffering self. O Lord, when did we welcome you as a stranger? O Lord, we did not welcome you. We looked through the stranger and judged him to be too different from ourselves. We judged her unworthy of our precious time and attention. O Lord, when did we tend to your sickness or visit you in prison? O Lord, we did not tend to you. We did not visit you. We have worshipped the God of glory, but neglected the God who walked among the least of these. Forgive us, O God. Set us free from our sin. Strengthen Strengthen us in our our weakness. weakness. Open our eyes to our own frailty and help us to see your face in the wounded places of this world. Lord, we ask for you to forgive us and to mold us into living lives of gratitude that honor you for your gracious sovereignty. Amen. When we, like sheep, have gone astray, wandered into dangerous territory and become lost, Jesus searches us out. He judges our willfulness, forgives our sin, and carries us to safety by the way of his cross. He is a just judge and a caring shepherd, rescuing us and leading us in a right path toward home. Thanks be to God. Oh. 
your way through the turkey trot this morning, or you see the beautiful chancel laden with our Thanksgiving banner and blessings on the retable. you know we are in this week of Thanksgiving. And if you've ever wondered where we get some of that great inspiration, I invite you to hear this morning's Old Testament lesson from Deuteronomy and God's word to each of us. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams, with springs and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, where you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and from whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from flint rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know to humble you and to test you and in the end to do you good. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors, just as he is doing today. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Well done, well done. Thank you for singing and ringing so beautifully for us today. I have the pleasure and privilege of inviting forward our 16 new members and their families uh, right up here in the chancel because we want to introduce you. We have a brand new members class. Come on, if you're wearing a white boutonniere, this is your signal. Come on up. And friends, as you head into the sumptuously laden fellowship hall after worship service today, I do want you to come and say hello to this wonderful class. As you see from this beautifully large class, we have people coming to us in every age and stage in life. But I wanted to give particular notice to the four families who are parenting teenagers right now. Should we all feel sorry for them? For we know it's a joy, but it's also a challenge. So, McLean's, Kristen and Stephen, welcome amongst us. We're delighted to have you. We're sorry to hear that Callie, our eighth grader, is home ill today, but we're delighted that you come from Massachusetts. There are other Red Sox fans up in the balcony with whom you can commiserate. And we do allow interlopers in our sanctuary, so welcome amongst us. Absolutely delighted to have you. And Debbie Matricia. Matricia rhymes with Patricia. You'll never forget it now, okay? Debbie, welcome amongst us. We're delighted that you could find your way here after being in another community, a faithful leader of worship and other, other things. And we're delighted that you also have a 24-year-old son and a teenage daughter who is here with us enjoying confirmation along with the McLeans. And Debbie, we give thanks and praise for your many talents, including your hairdressing and your love of God. And it's funny because during our new members class this year, she was showing all the other new members all the other things that they could do because she'd gotten to know our congregation so well. You're a regular ambassador for us. Congratulations and welcome amongst us. Philip Robinson, you come to us with your beautiful daughter, sir. We're just delighted to have you both. And we give thanks and praise for the ways that you have used your computer skills in other places and now here amongst us. And we're delighted to have both your girls participating with us, even if senior high school takes you one way, Allison, and if sixth grade takes you another, Colleen. I, I have to note to you that during our brunch last Sunday, Colleen was going around giving all the yummy cookies to everybody there. Marvelous, marvelous gift of servant leadership right there. Beautifully done. Just thankful for that. And then the Kilmer standing right next to you finishing out our families that have teenagers right now. Look at these beautiful girls. And there should be son Nick who's, who is amongst them as well. Caroline, we give thanks for your being a part of the visiting nurse service. We give thanks for your husband as a physician. And girls, we're just delighted to have you amongst us. Welcome. You'll also note that there are some faces up here that look a little familiar to you because they are people who are rejoining us after having had fond memories in our congregation. Jan Curry, what a delight to have you back amongst us. And we give thanks and praise for your being amongst us today. It's wonderful. We also give thanks and praise for our wonderful newlywed couple, married this, this September, Chris and Mike Phone. Remember, guys, it's not Phone, it's Phone, if you need to phone to someone, right? And we're delighted that you bring your enthusiasm and skills to us as well. Congratulations. And we give thanks for Carrie DePasquale for the way that you have found your way back into this congregation after having been raised here. She remembers having Carol Gavitt as one of her nursery school teachers in the PNS. And she brings her daughter Paige, who wants to be baptized and do mission trips with us. How exciting is that? Now, the Spirit leads us in different ages and stages of our lives, no matter what. I'm sure you're looking at Susan Patterson and saying, but she already is a member, isn't she? 
It feels like it, right, Susan? You've led optimists, you've done countless things in our congregation, but you also bring great volunteer skills and servant leadership from the community. So we're delighted to have you affirming today your particular affiliation with this congregation. We also give thanks. Jim Frame, you have a wedding coming up today, or this, this, this year. <laughs> Sorry, not today. <laughs> but Jim Frame, we're delighted to have you found love and affirmation here in this family of faith. Welcome amongst us. Absolutely delighted. Lori Cornfield, I have a great memory. Can I share this story? Okay, so I'm walking along Rand Place, and I see a beautiful blue sign outside of her house that says, it's a boy, and I think, oh, how fabulous, and oh my gosh, I remember how hard that was when I had a little baby. So I took her a little bit of uh, your generosity, because you always stock meals in the freezer, and we had a lovely conversation, and that was four years ago. And by God's grace, you're here today. And you have not just that beautiful older son, but you have another one now. So we give thanks for Ryan and Evan and your husband, Brian, and we're delighted to have you amongst us today. How exciting that is. Now, Clara, how we give thanks for you. And we wish that Van were here amongst us. And again, I'm sure many of you are thinking, but she's already a member. Well, we're delighted to have you having made this affirmation, you and Van today. And we're sorry that Van's not feeling well enough to be with us. But we know that in the spirit and in the heart of truth, that with all of the things that he has done with his teaching at Cornell and all of your many different hats that you've worn as a professional woman and professional mom all your life, that God will continue to bless you amongst us here. We're delighted to have you. And finally, Betty Phelps. I should have gotten a chair for you over here. You're a lifelong Presbyterian. You worshiped at the church at East Rochester. You knew Chris's grandmother and many, many people there. And even though that congregation has decided that there are other ways that we can all worship God together, we give thanks and praise that you're worshiping with us here today. Thank you. Friends, we have three simple questions for you. And they are, drum roll please, who is your Lord and Savior? Oh, good, strong affirmation. Do you trust in him, do you? And will you promise with prayer and example to follow in the way of Jesus Christ, will you? Phenomenal. Congregation, would you please stand? Do we, with the blessing of the Spirit, promise to affirm these new members and help them on their journey as they help us? Do we? Excellent. You may be seated, congregation. I'll remind you, friends, that you will join us during the last verse of the last hymn as we recess. They get first dibs on all the brunch food, don't you think that's fair? But do find them with their white boutonnieres and make them feel welcome. Shall we pray? God in heaven, we give you thanks for your grace, for the ways that you show us that we belong, and that you remind us through that belonging that in the fabric of our lives, there are many ways that we can give and be given to, share and accept those things that are shared with us. We ask your blessing on these new members, their families, and those that they will continue to bless using your gifts. We pray this all in your son's mighty and saving name. Amen. Welcome amongst us, friends. Please feel free to return to your seats. They're heading back, and I'm not going to call the children to kind of join me up here on the stairs. 
because I can stay here and even talk to the children up in the balcony. You know, it's really pretty nifty that you were singing from up there. That's just wonderful singing, and uh, I really appreciate that. This is uh, just a few things down front that are, have been brought here to the church today for the Pittsburgh Food Cupboard. And if you want to think about it, uh, we have in the past used an opportunity for stewardship in the season to bring some things for the Pittsburgh Food Cupboard. We do not want your leftover turkey and stuffing that you might get this week, but if you have anything you want to bring next week, there'll be baskets around the church, and you can put them there, and we'll take things over to the food cupboard, which would be great. It reminded me that we're coming up with a season when gift-giving is going to be really important, and people are going to have a lot of things for which they will give gifts to others. There will be a gift for families today, and that is the Advent brunch. And there will be some Advent wreaths that are very different for you to make and take home. And then Craig has done a really special thing. I didn't bring it in today, but we have an Advent calendar. And I went looking for an Advent calendar. The first place I went to look for one was at Lego. The Lego store used to have an Advent calendar And um, I said, do you have any Lego Advent calendars? And a woman said, yes, we do. We have a beautiful Star Wars one. (laughs) And I said, well, that's very nice. Um, um, Do you have one with, like, baby Jesus and a nativity set with the three wise men and the shepherds? And she looked at me and she said, and who would want one of those? So I decided I wasn't going to get a Lego Star Wars advent calendar. So I found another one. It's about yay tall and yay wide, and it's got magnetic figures, all arranged in a particular order. Now we can arrange them any way we want to. Little doors, we'll show you next week. But Craig took a picture of it. And then he took a picture of all of the sheep and the kings and Mary and Joseph and then cut it out with a little machine so that you can open one every day and you can have an Advent calendar like that to follow through Advent for your families, the same one that we'll use here in the chancel. Just a reminder, you can say thank you to Craig for doing that for you. Didi, we also thank you for leading children in worship today. I will instruct the kids, anybody in the balcony, before you go to Sunday school, just stop and say thank you to Dee Dee and give her a hug. Would you do that on the way out? That'd be great. And yes, please enjoy your time in Sunday school, young people. And thank you, teachers and shepherds who are going out with them. Paul writes with appreciation and thanksgiving, as most of his letters begin with such effusiveness. And it is no exception as he writes to the Ephesians and to us. I invite you to hear God's word to you. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And God has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to read the gospel lesson for us, and then we have a hymn listed here, number 179. Uh, We're not really going to sing it. We don't really have the choir in the um, uh, balcony to assist us, but it is a poem. And uh, if you listen to the reading, you'll see how it's a retelling of our gospel lesson. It's a very new hymn. I figured that if I had you singing this hymn, I would have the complaints typically at coffee hour. It's a new tune. Well, it is a new tune. I want you to know I know that. But I thought we would read it together because the hymnal is actually a book of poetry for the life of the church. Listen now to this reading from the gospel according to Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? Where are the other nine? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you whole. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, Bruce, you can help us understand this hymn. Teach us. Uh, ten lepers.
seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thanks, Bruce. That's helpful. It's not by accident that that has each stanza has ten beats. It was probably by design by the one who wrote this poetry and then selected this tune. So we thought, let's read this together as a poem. Ten lepers facing constant scorn, emboldened by their daily plight, encountered one whose healing touch was known to put disease to flight. The ten outsiders sought relief. Have mercy, Master, hear our plea. Seek out the priest, the healer said. He knew the walk could set them free. A nameless junction in the road became a holy turnabout. One awestruck convict spun around and, praising God, began to shout. God gave the space to turn around to all the others on the way, but only one resolved to seize the miracle of grace that day. Would we have stopped, retraced our steps, and then embraced the living Lord, whose word had banished all our sores? What kind of thanks would we afford? God, make of us your living ties, the first fruits fit to work for you. Let each be like that one in ten, transformed and cleansed, restored anew. Beautiful words for the hymn, don't you think? Yeah. You know, several years ago, an official of the U.S. Post Office, seated with the Postmaster General, was interviewed during the Advent season on a television news program and He had turned his humdrum job of handling the dead letter box into an exciting, rewarding job. Letters to Santa Claus usually didn't get to the North Pole, but he would see to it that they would, and so he gathered all of the letters and willing workers to respond to the thousands that came to the post office. He soon became known as the Santa Claus of the post office, He reported that his dead letter office saw to it that over 700,000 letters were answered from the jolly bearded fellow. Then this same man was interviewed in February. Most of us probably never saw that it would have been worth a follow-up interview, but somebody at NBC did, and he reported that although Santa had answered over 700,000 letters and fulfilled the verbal requests of millions more, 
his office had only received one thank you note to Santa. There is something within the human spirit that resists the simple act of saying thank you. And if you're like me, you find that written notes are time-consuming, that you don't know how to say what you really want to say and what you feel. I mean, it's not that you intentionally forget to say thank you. It's just that you are so absorbed in what you're doing in the process of delaying in order to find just the right thing to write that you eventually lose track of time and you move on to the next urgent item and in your way never complete your intention to say thanks like you would like. Just consider for a moment this vignette in the life of our Lord. He's walking with his disciples along the border between Samaria and Galilee. They're entering a village when they come upon a band of lepers, ten of them. We don't know how many male, how many female. We don't know how many Samaritans, how many Jews. Amazing, isn't it? How mutual misery can cut across social class, religious lines, racial lines. When we hurt like these lepers, we cannot afford the silly prejudices that afflict the rest of humanity. Somehow when these lepers saw Jesus, they knew he could help. Jesus, Master, they cried it out. They knew that he was not supposed to touch them. His kingdom was a very different kind of kingdom, and they sensed that his was one of loving service, and so they dared cry out for help. Jesus' whole reason for being was to reach out, was it not? Then he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, the Old Testament required a cured leper to have his cure validated by the temple priest. Jesus required an act of faith for them all. They were to start for the temple, and even before they got there, they were cured. Luke tells us that as they were journeying to show themselves to the priest, they became clean. I mean, can you imagine them? Jumping, shouting, seeing their friends, their decaying, disfigured bodies suddenly being made complete. They must have been delirious with joy. One of them went back to Jesus to say, thank you. He was a Samaritan. One whom the Jews despised. That was an important note for Luke, who is a Gentile writer. We're not ten cleansed. We're the other nine. Was no one found to return and give thanks but this foreigner? And to the grateful Samaritan he said, Rise and go your way. Now, there are lots of different words used for healing in the Bible. But this is one of the few places where the Greek word here is soza, which means rise and go your way. Your faith has made you Holy, complete. 
not just cured. If, if the lepers had come back, that's a big word. If I find 50 righteous in Sodom, if my people humble themselves and pray, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, if the salt has lost its saltiness, if thy right eye offend thee, if any man come after me, if one hears my voice, if one dies, shall they live again, if I walk in the light, if we love one another, if your enemy is hungry, you are my friends If you do what I command you. You find it all throughout the scriptures. If we were to just give thanks. Our son Josh uh, is flying this morning to um, California for Thanksgiving with family of his wife. When he was considering becoming a journalist... Uh, Martha's strong work with him paid off. Uh, You probably don't know Barry Birak. That name probably means nothing to you. Barry was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Let me tell you about how he won his Pulitzer Prize. He went to Afghanistan to cover the war for the Washington Post. He tried to figure out how can I make people in the United States understand what's going on there. So he followed the life of one family in Afghanistan. And he discovered that this man sold his two sons into slavery so that he could feed the rest of his family. Barry wrote about that, and for that, he won the Pulitzer Prize. What was not published by the New York Times is this. He took his prize money, spent six weeks back in Afghanistan, searched for those boys, and used the prize money to buy them back and give them to their father. Josh said, that's the kind of journalist I want to study under. Barry and his wife used to host parties Many as 80 students in their home had done it for about 10 years, students in journalism at Columbia University. And our son Josh went, as did the others in his classes. And then after the party, Josh went back to his apartment and wrote Barry and his wife a thank you note. He followed the requirements of his mother. Dr. Barry Burak showed up at his graduation and said, in all of the years with all of the students I've hosted in my home, you are the only one who ever wrote me a thank you note. To whom much is given, much should be required. You see, saying thank you is a statement about our character. Saying thank you is a statement about our faith. Several summers ago on the beach in Avalon, I read through uh, Lake Wobegon Days by Garrison Keillor. It's a wonderful portrayal of small town eccentricities. 
One of the memorable characters is Brother Louie. Brother Louie was a member of the Brethren Church. The Brethren, like the Lutherans, drove Fords in Lake Wobicon. But the Brethren distinguished themselves by carrying steel scripture plates bolted to the tops of their license plates. These were verses written in tiny beads so that they showed up well at night. Brother Louie exceeded all of the others in vehicular piety. His car, a Ford Fairlane, was a rolling display of scriptural truth, equipped not only with verses on the license plates, but across the dashboard, on both sun visors, and the back of the front seats, on all four armrests, on the rubber floor mats, and the ashtray in the glove compartment. And just in case you weren't paying attention, he painted a verse across the bottom of the passenger side of the windshield. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, it read as he drove past. Brother Louie kept a plastic bucket by his left leg, and into that bucket he put up, rolled up passages of scripture, little tracts wrapped in bright cellophane, which he would toss at mailboxes and hope that you would see them and open them and read them. And finally one year he found a company in Indiana that advertised a custom-made musical horn. Louis' horn played the first eight notes of the doxology. It kind of sounded like a trumpet. He blew it at pedestrians, at oncoming traffic, while passing. Sometimes he would just blow it for his own pleasure. On occasion, vexed by a fellow driver, he gave in to wrath and leaned on his horn in anger only to hear, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And it calmed Louis down right away. The horn cost Louis about $100, and when he traded into Fairlane for a new galaxy, he took along his horn. Isn't it wonderful? Hearing a doxology calmed him right down. Saying thank you will do that when you're upset. I'm not really sure if one can be filled with gratitude and angry at the same time. It's a statement of grace. It's a statement of our worship. Several people this week said, um, we know it's Christ the King Sunday and Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, we wanted to write down what you taught us a little bit about secrets of uh, giving thanks. Could you share those again? Well, I put them in the bulletin for you so you can take them with you. These are what are, I think, some secrets for being filled with gratitude, and I will tell you just a little bit about them. In order to be a thankful person, do not focus on the things you don't have. Focus on the things you do have. Nadine Hammonds is from Memphis, Tennessee. At the age of 67, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Bible Society, primarily because Nadine had memorized the entire New Testament. She just didn't memorize 1 Corinthians 13 or Roman. She memorized Romans chapter 5 or Revelations 21. She, all the difficult things that I would find difficult to memorize. At the award ceremony, somebody asked Nadine, we're so surprised at this award ceremony to learn that you're blind. Are you resentful that you could never see? 
Nadine said, oh my goodness, no. I do wish I could see a sunset. I would love to see the ocean, and I'd like to see the stars. But I learned a long time ago, you don't focus on what you don't have. I'd love to have those things, but I don't focus on them. I think of what I do have. God gave me a very good memory. Nadine's brother is a portrait painter. One of his paintings is in the National Gallery of Art. When he painted his sister Nadine, he painted her with beautiful blue eyes, wide open. Because, he said, my sister sees more than most people ever see in a lifetime. First secret, don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Second secret, don't focus on your present circumstances. Focus on the presence of Almighty God. Clarence was struggling. He had a large family, six children. Money was scarce. When the children were small and needed shoes, they needed a washing machine more. The old machine had just kind of coughed up its last piece of clothing. Clarence saw an ad for a second-hand machine. He went to look at it. The address led Clarence to a very well-to-do neighborhood with manicured lawns and street lamps. And the further he went into the neighborhood, he became more envious. And envy gave in to frustration. And frustration gave in to anger. And by the time he rang the doorbell, he was at a boil. Why do some have so much? Charlotte answered the door. She said, well, you can have it for $5. Though really, I'll tell you, I'd rather you just take it. It's going to take so much energy to move it. You can just have it for free. Clarence began to simmer down, and the low price cheered him. So much, in fact, that he found himself uh, confessing to these people who had answered the door the tough time his family was having and how his children had worn out shoes. Too much rope skipping, too much breaking of the tricycle by the three-year-old with her feet. Kind of strained to scrutinize past the entrance hall and Clarence tried to affirm them. He said, oh, you must be very happy here. Charlotte turned and left the hall. Clarence was stunned. He apologized to George. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend your wife. I would just came for the washing machine. He said, oh, you didn't offend her. We have one child, our daughter. She's never been able to walk. Clarence concluded arrangements for the machine, and he went home. And he entered his bedroom, and he closed his door, 
And he got down on his knees and asked God to forgive him about fretting about all of the inconveniences in life. And he gave thanks to God for worn-out shoes. Secret number three. If you want to be a person with a thankful heart, focus on how you can serve other people, not on how they can serve you. One of the words in the Greek language for servant is spelled T-H-E-R-A-P-O-N. From the word servant, the Greek word is therapon, we get the English word therapy. The best therapy is helping someone rather than thinking, why didn't somebody else help me? Why didn't I get that note? Why didn't I get a word of encouragement or appreciation? Paul Beyer was working on his farm in Lancaster a long time ago when he was stopped by Pop Swikert. Pop said to him, Paul, for nine years I've been taking food from Lancaster County to a little mission in New York City. I'm getting too old to make the trip. I mean, you're 31, you're strong. Could you make the trip for me this year? Paul's now made that trip for 39 years delivering donated food from the farms of Lancaster County to a small mission in New York. He packs the truck, he drives the truck, he unloads the truck. A reporter for the New York Times once said to Paul Beyer, Paul, this is a miracle. For 38 years, you've driven all this food to New York. And Paul told him, that's not a miracle. The miracle is for 38 years, I've driven all this food to New York City and never once gotten a traffic ticket. That's just a, that's the miracle. Why do you do this? I mean, you've got another job, you've got a family, you've got responsibilities. Why do you do it? Paul gave him one word. Gratitude. Focus on what you do have not on what you don't have. Focus on the presence of Jesus, not on present circumstances, no matter how bad they may be. Focus on how you can serve other people, not on how they can serve you. And you will make a difference in the lives of others and in your own. And if you think so, too, there's a prayer here in our bulletin we can use. Jesus, you will judge us according to your high standard of love and compassion, kindness and generosity. And as your followers, we choose to be faithful in action and in spirit, sharing what we have been given. Help us to fulfill our desire and commitment to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ and to honor his loving sacrifice with our offerings and our lives. Amen.
Please be seated, friends. Rejoice, for Christ reigns. The Lord is sovereign over all the powers of this earth. God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is seated in the heavens above all rule, above all authority, above all power, above all dominion. Far above every name, in this and every age, God has put all things under Christ's feet and made him the head. We've come here today to pray for a number of things. Actually, one of them was uh, sad, but we were filled with rejoicing. Dee Dee, her husband, passed away yesterday. And she was here today in order to be with our children and conduct them during this service as they sang for us. She'll be with her own children the rest of today. And certainly this is a difficult, painful thing. She and her husband have been separated, but not divorced for 14 years. And we want to support her with our prayers. And in much the same way that we give thanks and praise for a love, we have a visual demonstration of the power of thanksgiving. Each of you, in your own way, have supported Catherine Wigor, who turned 100 on November 13th. Thank you so many who sent her birthday cards. I have a lovely picture of her with her two sons, and she does not look 100 years old. Her sons wrote this on her behalf. Please pass on to all of you our heartfelt thanks for the birthday cards that my mother received on her 100th birthday. We enjoyed reading many of the personal notes to mom. Some of our favorites were from the younger parishioners. I've enclosed two pictures for you to share. Thank you so much, Steve Wagor. The phrase is simple. The meaning is very deep. Thank you. And we give thanks and praise for quilts that we want to commission that you see are on our communion table. Lynn Cause and a good friend of hers in a Lutheran church, yes, we love the Lutherans too, have made them. And they're to be given to our Rain families who will be hosted in our congregation this Thanksgiving week. The importance of that ministry can't be overemphasized. We also give thanks and praise for the work of our nominating committee. They'll be up to give you a report in a few moments. And we give thanks and praise for the officers that they have recruited both in this year And in the many years past, for many of you have been officers. Thank you. We also give thanks and praise for God's healing touch and for the miracles that God is able to work. Many of us in this congregation, somehow or another, have been touched by cancer. And so we weekly raise prayers for those who are awaiting diagnoses, those who are battling, and those who are survivors and helping family members to do the same. Christy Brown Diane and Ray Brown's daughter-in-law will have surgery, brain surgery, yet again for this cancer on Monday. We are with them in prayer. We are also in prayer with Marge Converse. As you know, Marge had been in the hospital this past week and a half. She's now back home at the Highlands Living Center, and she will be undergoing chemotherapy in a few weeks. We're also in prayer for the family of Derek Smith, who passed away this week. 
Eastman School of Music and the Rochester community lost a beautiful voice. His memorial service will be Monday at Christ Clarion at 11 a.m. And finally, we join with Janet Jennison in giving thanks and praise for the life of Marge Kaltenmeier. Am I saying that right, Janet? She was a teacher and a colleague and a friend of yours. And she moved to Naples, and she died from complications from a bike accident this week. We give thanks and praise for all the saints and the shoulders upon whom we stand. And we give thanks for all the women from Eve Circle who decorated the chancel today, for the women from Anthony Circle who have prepared lunch for everybody, for the staff who've put together things to make Advent wreaths. Rod, we give thanks to God for you being here to teach today. Here, here. If I speak for at least some of you anyway, we're particularly thankful for our families mm-hmm. who love us even on days when we're not the most loving. <laughs> Maybe there are things for which you want to express thanks too. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. We We praise praise you, great God, God, for you are the ruler of the universe universe, and have sent your Son to be King of Kings. Rejoice that he has triumphed over all the powers of this world and governs the nations in justice and righteousness. We celebrate his victory in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension to honor and might at your side. By your Spirit, claim our complete loyalty. Establish Christ's rule in every land and in every heart. Accept our homage as we offer our lives in the service of Christ's kingdom. He is Lord forever and ever. Amen.
I'm going to ask you to sit down for just a moment. You're going to see now perhaps one of the shortest uh, congregational meetings in the world that takes place here. And uh, that lets everybody set up for the luncheon that needs to finish a few things. So, um, Bill, we're here to receive your report. Um, Madam Clerk is here. And, Madam Clerk, I'm going to ask that your minutes reflect that this service of the congregation was opened with a service of worship and prayer. And, uh, Bill, we're ready to receive your report. Thanks, Bruce. On behalf of the nominating committee, we made a number of phone calls, and we'd like to say thank you for all those who responded positively. Uh, The uh, church members uh, that have agreed to become deacons before the class of 2015, that's one year. Bill Murray for 2017, three years. Dave Irwin, Dan Dupree, Martha Boak, Judy Messenger, Pam Flim, Henry Wang, Len Parker, Daniel Trena, Paul Miller, Chris Marsh, and Bonnie Dunn. Youth Deacons, Jack Fox, and Maggie Murray. Elders. Uh, let's just take that far. Okay. Um, that needs no second because it comes from the nominating committee, correct? Correct. Uh, any additional nominations you would like to make from the congregation? Seeing none, is there a motion that uh, we elect all of these persons by acclamation? I heard a second. Anybody object? It's proved. Elders, Jen Lake, Bob McCready, Nevin Fisher, Bowen Keller, Newton Green, Tom Kim. Youth, Emily Wilburn, and Lana Harper. Floor is open to receive any other nominations. Are there any? Seeing none, is there a motion that these be elected by acclamation? Second. Thank you. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. It's approved. Trustees, Alan Reeve, Jim Murray, Bob Hewitt, Jeff Steele, Tom Kim. Thank you very much. I have an error on that. Floor is now open to receive other nominations. Are there any? Seeing none, I would ask that someone move that these be elected by acclamation as well. Is there a second? Any questions? As chair, then I declare that these are approved. Bruce, I had an error. I had Tom Quinn named twice. Okay. That's all I have. You will see that the clerk gets a copy of the report. Yes. I believe that's all the business we need to conduct today. Thank you. Bill, I know that this is an awful lot of work that people don't see. We are grateful for you and your committee. Thank you very much. Good committee helps. Right. The other business of this meeting is to request a motion to adjourn. I heard a motion, and I think I heard a second, too. All in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. Three minutes. We will close this meeting, really, with the charge and benediction. I charge you this week, put into practice some of these secrets about giving thanks. Go in peace.
May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us all and in the life everlasting. Amen.